guys. So, um, hi Eugene and everyone else. Uh, if you are hearing this particular episode, um, which is a backup episode that I'm recording a couple days early, then that means that Brent was too busy being overworked again uh, to be able to record. So it's just me. But um, today, February 3rd, is the day of the pre-release, which in some ways is kind of just the release now, of uh, the new Magic the Gathering set, uh, Phyrexia, all will be one. <laughs> um, and I'm excited for it, I just got all my products, so uh, it might be a terrible idea to do, I mean it's not the first time I've done it, um, another live unboxing of opening packs and mostly i just want to talk about the cards i don't get i feel like i don't get to talk about magic that much because i mean brent doesn't play it and i don't know it's kind of become like my main hobby these days is just magic like i wish i had more brain space to do other like i haven't even written anything on my campaign in a long time because i'm just so brain dead um but I still get into magic and, you know, building decks. I just built a fun deck using a card from this set that uh, hopefully I pull one today. We'll see if I do. Um, if not, I've got one on order anyway, because it, in its most expensive, most foiliest foil version, it's only like $2. It's a janky card that is not going to see any competitive play, but it's a lot of fun from the looks of it. We'll see when I try out the deck on Sunday if uh, it's actually, you know, works that well. Um, uh, I guess I'll talk about that one first, because I got it right here. I bought the sleeves today to sleeve up this deck, too. Um, it is called Graz, Unstoppable Juggernaut. It's an 8-mana legendary artifact creature, uh, Juggernaut. 7-5. Uh, Juggernauts you control attack each combat if able. Juggernauts you control can't be blocked by walls. Other creatures you control have base power and toughness 5-3 and are juggernauts in addition to their other creature types. So, this is a reference to an old-ass card called Juggernaut, which is a 5-3. It attacks each combat if able, it can't be blocked by walls. Walls are a defensive card type that it still exists, but it doesn't show up very much anymore. Nobody's really going to be playing walls the most I'm going to see out of can't be blocked by walls is if um, my opponents are playing changelings, because those are every type, so technically they're walls. Uh, otherwise, there isn't really anything that I know of that can make let me turn everybody else's stuff into walls if I find out about it, and it exists in colorless, because th this is a colorless card, and I'm playing commander. So because it is my commander and it is colorless, my deck can't contain any colored cards. It is the most restrictive color set you can pick for a commander deck. Um, but, and that, that's, you know, another reason why the card is so cheap. It just, it's so jank. The biggest problem I'm gonna have, I think, is that it costs eight mana, and that's a lot. You know, I've got, I've put a lot of stuff in the deck to let me ramp out extra mana and maybe reduce the cost a little bit and hopefully get it out. Although I feel like what's going to happen is I'm going to play this thing and someone will destroy it and then the whole deck just stops working. Um, because what I've designed the deck to do. So this guy, he turns all my other creatures into 5-3s that can't be blocked by walls and must attack if able. Um, the stupid thing I realized you can do with that is if you make cards that make like either cheap flyers... Or, like, Thopter Tokens, which are colorless 1-1 one, one flying creatures. Then those become flying 5-3s. And then I'm just swinging my, you know, my Juggernauts. Big, big Juggernauts. They're all, uh, flying through the air. 1-1s one, that are now 5-3s. Um, I don't know. It seems like fun. It's probably dumb. But, whatever. Um, but, so for this episode... I will talk about this new Phyrexia set. We'll crack open some packs. I don't know. I is, I'm just going to assume just a assumption based on, you know, the whatever, like, ten listeners I have. I haven't checked the stats in a while. I think there's only, like, ten people who listen to this. Um, but hello, 
Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to assume most people listening to this probably have little to no experience with magic. Um, uh, so if I'm explaining things that, you know, regular magic players would consider just you know, basic knowledge, I, I feel like that's probably going to be new information to the people who are actually going to listen to this. Also, I'm taking occasional drink breaks. I will, you know, clip those out. But I assume that probably won't disrupt the flow too much. Um, okay, so I guess... Where to start? Uh, okay, so this set is called Phyrexia. All will be one. Um, the Phyrexians are one of the oldest, if not the oldest, villains in Magic. Um, I think Nicol Bolas might have came out in the same year, because he was introduced in Legends, which was 94. And the Phyrexians, I think, were introduced in the Antiquities, which was also 94. Um... They are, they've gone through some variations, but they're generally a group of, like, machine flesh hybrid monsters. Um, the the shades of, like, H.R. Geiger and, you know, like, the Borg from Star Trek and Hellraiser and, you know, like, a lot of body horror stuff, um... The, the original Phyrexians from, I mean, they, they kind of, like, they, they were just like a card that existed in the Antiquities block. There wasn't much explanation for what they were. That was all fleshed out during the Weatherlight Saga, especially when they were filling in Urza's backstory during the, um, you know, Urza's Saga, Urza's Destiny, Urza's Legacy series, um, yeah, that that's where like the Brothers War novel, which I I talked about on another episode, because that was the last set that just came out was the Brothers War, where it was kind of a flashback set because Teferi, a time traveling planeswalker, was able to um, like peek through time and scout around the events of the Brothers War to try to find out how they stopped Frexia back then. Um, in order to figure out how to stop Phyrexia now, this new latest iteration of uh, Phyrexia that is threatening the multiverse. Um, so, yeah. Um, so the, the, there were Phyrexians in that, but they really fleshed it out when they were filling out for the Weatherlight Saga because Phyrexia, the original Phyrexia, was like the big final fight of that arc. Um so Phyrexia originally, there was this guy named Yogmoth. Um, Spice Eight Rack did a really good video of you know explaining the character and the uh, the novel, the Thran, which is where he, his backstory was fleshed out. Um, he was kind of like a mad scientist from this like ancient high tech civilization called the Thran. Um, you know, it, it's your typical kind of Atlantis backstory of like in ancient times there was a highly advanced civilization but their technological hubris brought them down um or in this case it was mostly yogmoth that destroyed the thran civilization um that he he was introduced to a new plane like in magic there's different planes they're, they're different like worlds that are you know people called planeswalkers can travel between them so this planeswalker discovered a world and came back to Dominaria, the main plane of like the first 15 years of stories or so, um, which is where the Thran civilization was. And she came to Yogmoth, who seemed like he was like a guy in charge and said, hey, look at this new plane I found. And he said, cool, I'm going to bring a bunch of people here and perform horrible experiments on them with a mix of... Um, you know, like, viruses, you know, biological modifications and mechanical modifications. And basically, he created the original Phyrexians, these, like, horrible, um, science-gone-wrong kind of monsters that all believe that, you know, this, you know, process of you know, invasive surgeries and stuff creates a what they call a completed being. Uh, they spell it C-O-M-P-L-E-A-T, which is a word 
but mostly it, it means the same thing as the regular word complete. It's just, you know, pretentious, I guess, you know, but, um, they, 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 it, it's, you know, kind of, you know, twisted horror, body horror monster thing. It's like, we're going to make you perfect by making you this twisted shit. Um, and Yogmoth himself, he became a mad god in the process of that. He, like, the, there are cards depicting him in his mad god form, but mostly he's just, like, an evil cloud at that point. Um, but uh, this woman, Rebecca, who had worked with Yogmoth, found out what he was doing on Phyrexia and shut the gate, you know, shut off the, you know, plane or portal connection to that plane. So that Phyrexia was cut off from Dominaria, and it, for like like five thousand years, it just continued to develop into this like horror monster thing that um, Yogmoth had been turning it into, and that led up to the Brothers' War, where that kicked off basically with Urza and Mishra fighting over a power stone that they found, and that turned out to be the power stone that was holding the gate to Phyrexia shut. So, the gate to Phyrexia was able to open again, uh, thanks to the Power Stone being broken. And, um, and then this guy, Gix, who was like Yagmoth's top lieutenant, came through the portal, gathered a bunch of followers, and managed to persuade Mishra to join him, and, you know, undergo various surgeries to become a a Darth Vader. He's more machine now than man. So, um, yeah, so Mishra became just mechanical monstrosity who was able to, like, meld with dragon robots and form into, you know, crazy monsters and stuff. Um, Urza found out that, you know, in the final battle that, oh, my brother is lost, his, you know, soul has been destroyed by turning into this whatever the hell a Phyrexian is. Because he didn't know, and nobody knew about Frex. He had been, you know, all knowledge of the Thran civilization was lost after, you know, they all fell apart. Um, so he activated this uh, magical bowl called a Silex that um, blew up the entire island of Argoth and Mishra and Urza, except Urza in the process, he, he like, would have died, but he, his spark ignited he, and he became a planeswalker. So he survived that, and his apprentice Thanos survived by stuffing himself inside of a coffin that he'd built that, you know, it's like the Indiana Jones refrigerator. He got flung into the ocean and washed up on the mainland, like, five years later. Um, and Gix was there, but he teleported away, and, and then, I mean, this is all along, you know, a lot of stuff happened, but eventually, you know, the, the modern day of the weather light, have, you know, another, like, 4,000 years after the Brothers' War. Um, Urza had been, you know, making these various plans to find a way to stop Phyrexia when the inevitable invasion happened. And it did, and some of Urza's plans went awry, and even he, you know, got swayed by... Like, Ur Urza was always a complicated character. He, he hated Phyrexia because of what it did to his brother, but when he finally reached Phyrexia, he realized, like, Oh, this melding of machine and flesh, this is kind of what I want to do as, uh, a, uh, an artificer. So, he, uh, was swayed to Yogmoth's side briefly until Gerard, the super soldier Urza had created, uh, cut Urza's head off, but because he's a planeswalker, he kept living as a talking head for a while, um, until they activated Urza's other secret super weapon, and that blew up Yogmoth. And all the Phyrexian forces, and Phyrexia was dead at that point. Um, the only surviving trace of Phyrexia was some oil that was used in the creation of Karn, who was this uh, silver golem that Urza had created to be like part of his super weapon to destroy Phyrexia. But it turned out Karn still had some of the oil in him, so Karn went on to build his own plane, uh, which he called Argentum. Uh, it's mainly known as Mirrodin now, because he left it under the care of this guy, this like, robot that he'd built named Memnark, um, 
who was Memnarch was like built, I think, using this thing called the Marari, which was like a sensor that Karn had left behind on Dominaria to keep an eye on things while he was off building Mirrodin. Um, and then that started, there was like a whole war over people trying to gain control of the Marari because they thought it could like granted wishes or did some kind of superpower stuff. Um, so Karn, at the end of that Marari story, like the Odyssey block, came back and was like, oh, here's here's that sensor I left and picked up and took it with him back to Mirrodin and then turned it into Memnarch so that Memnarch could look over his this plane that he'd made, um, which at the time was just all metal and like robots and golems and stuff. Um, Karn left, you know, left Memnarch in charge and Memnarch got... Karn, as he was leaving, accidentally left some oil behind, and Memnarch touched it, and it started corrupting his mind, and turned him to wanting to get a planeswalker spark of his own, so he started, you know, open planar portals to other planes, and snatched out, like, some of the elves from one plane, some of the trolls from another one, and goblins from another one, and the Veldalkin, who are the, these blue four-armed people, he took them from another plane. And he wiped all their memories and set them up on Mirrodin and um, kept monitoring them to try to find one who had a spark that he could steal. And that ended up being this elf named Glissa, who was like the star of the Mirrodin story. And she and her companions, Slobad the Goblin and Bosch the Golem, uh, had to work together to stop Memnarch. And she had a spark, but she gave it up in order to save slow bad i think I, I haven't finished reading that book but um but the even though memnarch was defeated the oil was still spreading throughout the core of mirrodin so when we went back to mirrodin a few years later in the mirrodin siege block of sets um the oil had started creating new phyrexians um and the Phyrexians come in two styles. So there's these ones they call newts, which are just like oil that develops into a creature, which is just like a natural Phyrexian. And then there's the completed Phyrexians, you know, the ones that are like, they were something else, but they get like their minds twisted through the oil. And um, then... They start having the surgeries to transform them into, you know, half machine, half creature, um, you know, monsters. Um, and so that Mirrodin block was the story of a few of the planeswalkers came there to rescue Karn, who had come back and been corrupted. And they manage to rescue him although one of them dies in the process of saving him and then the phyrexian praetors appear you know i guess i don't know they were somewhere they they made their presence known uh these five super powerful phyrexians each one is a different color because the weird thing mirrodin did uh, the the mirrodin block ends with it becoming new phyrexia um but the old Phyrexia was all black mana. It was just all death and horror and stuff. Um, and the new Phyrexia, because of the way Mirrodin... Like Mirrodin started off as this all-metal plane, but it had five suns, which encompassed the five different colors of magic. And those ended up influencing the development of these new Phyrexians so that each one you know, embodied a different color but had, like, a twisted take on it. Um, and there was, you know, like, a, a fight for power between the five of them, and the victor ended up being Elishnorn, the white one, uh, who is, as we get to today's packs that I'm about to start opening, and I cannot wait to do that, um, Elishnorn is the face of this set. She is the leader of the new Phyrexian forces. Um, all the other Phyrexian Praetors have appeared in the last couple of years. They've done like little cameos. Like First we got Vorinclex, who was the green one, who showed up in Kaldheim. He'd been sent to go fetch um, some uh, 
tree sap from Kaldheim that the Fraxians wanted to use to make their own tree, like magic tree that could connect to other planes because none of them are planeswalkers, so they've all just been stuck on Phyrexia for the last, well, it's 10 years, like 13 years real time. Um, although I think I read somewhere it's only like six years in the story, but, um, yeah, they, they've been stuck because they can't planeswalk and planar portals all stopped working after the time spiral block. So, um, the, yeah, so Vorinclex, uh, yeah, it's complicated. He, he was able to get to Kaldheim because of, uh, Tezzeret and the planar bridge, but, um, yeah, he, he went and got the tree sap. Um, who was that? Jingataxius showed up in Kamigawa, the Japan-inspired story plane, um, where he was uh, studying how spirits work to learn how to uh, corrupt a planeswalker and make a Phyrexian planeswalker, which he ends up doing by the end of that story. Um, and then... Urabrask is, uh, Jinkataxis is the blue one. Um, Urabrask is the red one. He showed up in New Capenna. Is kind of a side story thing. Uh, like, Urabrask, the red inter- or the Phyrexian interpretation of the color red is to be so fiercely rebellious and independent that he can't actually get along with any of the other Phyrexians, and he doesn't like the idea of Elish uh, Norn's great unity that she's trying to create. So the the red faction has always been, you know, rebellious toward the other Phyrexians and weirdly accepting of the native Mirrodins who haven't been corrupted yet. Um, and then Shieldred, the black one, showed up in Dominaria United. She'd been sent. Uh, by Elishnorn to infiltrate Dominaria again and uh, destroy the Silex so that it can't be used against them. Um, and also to acquire the Mana Rig, which hasn't come back into the story yet, so I don't know what, what their plan is for that. Um, and now now here we are in Phyrexia, and Elishnorn, the white one, is uh, back. She wants to bring everyone together in a great, glorious Phyrexian unity, um, all controlled by Phyrexia. Um, so, I have here, uh, six draft packs from this thing called a pre-release pack, basically pre-release weekend. You can buy a sealed set of six packs, and then they do an event where you open up all your packs, and you build a 40-card deck of them, and you play it against other people. Um, I never do good at sealed events, or even draft. Um, I mean, draft is similar. Draft is like, everybody gets three packs, you open the pack, you take one card, you pass it to the person beside you, you do that until all the cards have been used up for the pack, and then you do it again for second and third pack. And then you build a 40-card deck. Um, I, I just, I, I, I do better with magic when I can, like, really sit down and look at the cards for a while, uh, and, you know, have access to more cards than just the limited pool that I have, uh, when you're only opening a couple packs. But, but these, you know, the pre-release kits, it's still fun to buy them, you know, they come with, like, one, uh, extra foil rare. Uh, the one I got was Copperline Gorge, which is a, what they call a fast land, since I play Commander, these lands are actually kind of crap. Um, it enters tapped unless I control two or a few other lands, uh, and it taps for red or green. So basically, it, it's a land that will tap for uh, two different colors, which is good. You know, it's color fixing. But if you want it to come in untapped, you have to play it early. Um, so that this kind of a land is good in formats like the you know traditional 60 card formats where you can run four copies of it and you can get it out early and get your color fixing out early because those formats care more about the early turns um the one i play is commander it's a hundred cards and one of the one of your cards is your commander it sits outside the game you can cast it 
anytime you know you you could um and that card defines the colors of your deck uh you have, so you have 100 cards and you have 40 life and because and it's multiplayer like multiplayer free for all um so because of all that it, it's a format that is balanced to make for long games with more explosive turns so i would rather have a land that comes in untapped later in the game like the last couple innistrad sets had that kind of a land it was one that comes in untapped if you have two other lands already so you know it's like turn three this comes in untapped and that's great because in commander turn one and two a lot of times it's just land pass you know um like a commander is designed so that it's like yes you can build a you know powerful competitive deck that uses like one and two mana cards like you know high end formats do um but commander really is supposed to be you know the format where you can play like the you know five or six or seven mana card you know the big ridiculous things that are just fun and silly um so nobody really cares about getting, you know, a land in untapped on turn one or two. If anything, that's the turn where it's like, well, this one's going to come in tapped. I might as well just put it in tap now and, you know, not have to pay the two life for that shock land to come in untapped or whatever. But anyway, I'm getting off topic. Um, the pre-release pack, it comes with draft packs. Um, currently in Magic, there are, I think, four different kinds of boosters that you can get with the um what they call the premiere sets they're, they're like the big release sets that are part of standard they are like the, the main sets of the year those ones usually have four different types of packs you've got draft packs which are 15 cards um they they're balanced for the draft format you know the the pass a pack thing so they've got like a pretty good spread of different colors and different uh, strategies in them. Uh, it's 15 cards, one rare. There might be a 16th card that is like a token or um, or something. Uh, sometimes they have like an extra bonus slot. Like Brothers War, they had some like classic artifact cards in a bonus slot. But it's mainly just like 15 cards, one rare or mythic rare. Um... I think like three or four uncommons, and the rest are all commons. Um, and they're they're usually the cheapest packs. Um, they're they're made for draft, but also you know you can just open them. Uh, set boosters. I have a box of set boosters. These are twelve cards per pack, and they cost a little more. But you have you're guaranteed at least one rare or mythic. You have a chance of getting up to like four, I think, rares or mythics. And there's a bonus card slot, which is, um, like, one in every four packs you can get a card from what they call the list, which is a set, like, a, a curated series of classic cards that are somewhat connected to the current set. Uh, some of those are really good, some of them are garbage. Um, a lot of times they've been garbage, aside from New Capenna, they were really good, because in that set... Instead of being, you know, a 1 in 4 chance to get 1 out of, like, 300 cards, and most of them are just garbage commons, um, they, they made it so there were only, like, 70 cards, and all of them were rare. Um, and the reason for that was that they were reprinting the Stranger Things cards, but they were turning them into Innistrad characters, so they could do, you know, a a version that they could keep printing without having to re-up the Stranger Things license. Um, and I think that is the case again with this Phyrexia set, because there's a series of... I want to say they're based on Dominaria. There's like new cards they've made to represent the Street Fighter cards that they had put out a couple years ago, but to make them into magic characters so that they can keep reprinting these cards without... Um, having to pay that license um so yeah so set boosters less cards more money but there's a higher chance of rares plus you might also get some like special things i think there's like 
certain cards that are made to, you know, they have a different set symbol on them, just because they're for Commander, and um, and those, I think, only show up in set boosters, or the third type of booster, collector boosters, which are 15 cards. Uh, they cost, like, five times as much as a regular pack, so that's not great. But, um, it ha they have, like, I think five uh, common or uncommons that are all foil, and then the rest is all rares, and they have, like, the special treatment rares, um, you know, the, like, special foils, full art, alternate art, uh, just, like, all the cool bling stuff in, uh, these, you know, overpriced packs. Uh, you can still sometimes get those in regular packs, but the, the rate is a lot lower. If you just want to get, like, all the cool stuff immediately, you can pay extra and get the fancy packs. Um, and then there's the fourth type of pack, which I did not buy any of because it is a ripoff. Um, is... The, the current one is called a jumpstart pack. Um, it used to be theme boosters, which were... You know, a little bit pricier, 35 cards, but only one rare, and they all come in one color or theme, uh, depending, you know, what the set's themes were. Um, and those, they were just terrible, and nobody wanted them. So they retired those and replaced them with Jumpstart Packs, which are... So that there's... There's been two actual Jumpstart sets that are amazing. Um, though, a Jumpstart Pack contains 20 cards, uh, and they usually only cost like a dollar more than a regular pack. Um, it has 20 cards, uh, I think like 8 of them are land, like basic lands, and then the rest are in one color, but they are, um, they'll, they'll be based around a theme, and, um, and the idea is you buy two of these packs, you mash them together, you have a 40 card deck, and you play it against someone else who also mashes two packs together. Um, Jumpstart and Jumpstart 2022 are both really good sets. The the Jumpstarts that are based on standard sets, like, you know, this this set, Phyrexia, there is a Jumpstart Phyrexia. It is literally just, you know, you, you buy this random pack, you open it up, you'll get all commons, uncommons, and uh, two rares of one color from that set. Um, one of the rares will be that there are five rares that only show up in jumpstart packs. Um, so whichever color you get, you get that rare, and then you get another rare, and it's just a random rare of the color of the pack that you got. And it's all gonna be monocolor, and they're just, they're, they're crappy and terrible. They don't, it's like an imitation of what made jumpstart work. Um, so, okay, so that is a lot of prelude before... I can just open these damn things. So let's get to it. ASMR crinkles, oh boy. Fun, crinkly sounds. Uh, let's see, did I get anything? Oh, fuck, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah, th this, this is fucking sweet. Um, I just, I opened it up and I peeked at the back of the pack. I have a foil Tyvar Jubilant Brawler. So Tyvar, he is a planeswalker from Kaldheim. Um, which was, like, the Norse set. He is an elf warrior guy, uh, famous for refusing to wear a shirt. He is the Drax the Destroyer of Magic, I guess. Um, and, yeah, he, so I got a foil of him. Um, it's a pretty good card. I mean, it's, it's a card that I think is actually a little pricey right now, because it's, he does some cool stuff. Um, let's see, one black green, Tyvar... Three loyalty. You may activate abilities of creatures as though those creatures had haste. Now that is already. There's an artifact, um, Thousand Year Elixir, I think, does the same thing. And there, there's some, you know, ridiculous combos you can do by being able to tap your creatures for abilities the turn they came in. Um, plus one, untap a creature, minus two. Mill three cards, then return a creature of mana two or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. Yeah, that, that I mean, that's all really good. Um, also got a full art mountain, so that's nice. There's two kinds of full art lands in this set, and you're not guaranteed to get either of them. You might get a regular. Um, 
And let's see. Urbrask's Forge. Two and a red artifact. Beginning of combat. On your turn, put an oil counter on Urbrask Forge. Then create an X1. Red Phyrexian Horror Creature. Trample and Haze. Texas number of oil counters. Yeah, I mean, that seems okay. Um, was there anything else to make me squee in this pack? Uh, I mean, Phyrexian Atlas seems neat. Um, yeah, maybe I'll realize more of it later. Um, and I'm looking at the time. We're at like 30 minutes in. These solo episodes, I tend to only do an hour, uh, because it kills my voice, because I'm talking alone to a microphone for an hour straight. You know, when it's me and Brent, we can do two hours, because I don't have to talk for the full two hours. But me alone... Uh, that's a bit. Uh, let's see. What we got in here? So I guess that's my way of saying, if I hit an hour, I'm probably just gonna wrap up. We'll see how many of these packs I open before then. Probably not all of them, because there are a lot. Um, I am bad with money, but I do like things. Oh, wow. Okay, this is Planeswalker City. I got the Eternal and Full Art City. That's a Full Art Forest there. Nice. Um... The Eternal Wanderer. Uh, four white, white, legendary planeswalker. Five, no more than one creature can attack the Eternal Wanderer each combat. Well, that's good for her. She probably won't get killed quite as quick. Um, plus one exile up to one target artifact and creature. Return it under its own control in the beginning of the next end step. Uh, I mean, yeah, that could be good. It's a bit for six mana. Uh, zero create a two, two white samurai. Okie dokes. Minus four for each player choose a creature that player controls. Each player sacrifices all creatures they control not chosen this way. Um, oh, she can do the the turn she enters. Well, that's I mean that's not bad. You know, six mana. You can you know just do the minus four immediately. Pick a creature for every. I guess it's every player, so it hits you too. But still, it's like a white board wipe for six. Uh, where you and everyone else get to keep one creature of your choice. Let's see. Planeswalker number three? Maybe. 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 Um, what the f- oh. Wow. Okay, well, I got a cool uncommon. Paladin of Predation. It's a 6-7 with Toxic 6. Um, can't be blocked by creatures, power 2 or less. Okay, so Toxic- so there's- so, in magic, you... Normal magic, you have 20 life. Um, commander, you have 40 life. But there's a thing called poison counters, where if you get 10 poison counters as a player, you die. Um, and that, so there, there was an ability called poisonous, which was whenever a creature, this creature deals combat damage, that player also gets X number of poison counters, where that's, you know, it'll say, like, poisonous 2. So if you hit a person with a poisonous 2 creature, they also get 2 poison. If they get 10 poison, they die. Um, in the new Phyrexia block, the previous one, there was a mechanic called Infect, which made it so that instead of dealing damage, a creature with Infect, if it hits another creature, puts minus one, minus one counters on it. So basically, the instead of damage, it's just you're just making that thing smaller until it dies. Um, or if it hits a player, that player gets poison counters. Uh, the mechanic was so powerful that people hated it, especially in Commander, because Commander, it's, you know, in, in a regular format, it's like, uh, you know, if you have 20 life, 10 poison, that's like, like taking 2 damage every time. Um, in Commander, you have 40 life, so it's like you're taking 4 damage every time you get one of these poison counters, and you can't make them go away by gaining life. Like, the only way to get rid of them is, there's, like, some niche things that'll let you remove counters. But most people aren't playing those kind of things because they're not expecting to get poisoned. So, it's a thing people hate. Um, this Toxic 6. So, Toxic is basically poisonous, except slightly different because of complicated and stupid reasons. Um... I guess I can tell that story. The uh, set designer Mark Rosewater talked about it. He said that they, you know, they were going to do poisonous, but they realized that because of the way poisonous is worded, 
is a triggered ability, which means on Arena and the digital clients, every time it happens, people would have to click through, like, do you want to respond to this? Um, Every time, and it was just tedious. So they made Toxic as basically poisonous, but but it just happens. There's no trigger. Uh, But the stupid part was also that the word poisonous means the thing poisons you if you eat it. Um, and so they decided, well, it's grammatically incorrect to use the word poisonous, so we're gonna find another word, and they picked toxic. So that's the new mechanic. Um, I did not get a planeswalker in this pack. I did get a, the other kind of full art. There's, like, full art regular lands, and then there's, like, full art Phyrexian text, like, crazy heavy metal skull art. Uh, I got the swamp for that, so that's pretty cool. Um... Okay, now that one. But the land I got is a land, or not a land, um, the rare is one that I was looking for. It's a conduit of worlds. He says you may play lands from your graveyard. Um, yeah, I definitely have decks that would want to do that. Um, so that's neat. I think that's one that I actually found pretty cheap for pre-order, so I might have like a fancier copy of that already coming in the mail at some point, but, um, still. Oh, huh. I didn't know Terramorphic Expanse got reprinted in this set. So, so most standard sets have this card called Evolving Wilds, which is a land. It enters, you tap, and sacrifice it to go get a basic land, put it on the battlefield tapped. Um, most standard sets only do Evolving Wilds because I think they don't want people to be running too many copies of that kind of effect. Um, even though there is another card called Terramorphic Expanse that does the exact same thing. Um, so the fact that they're printing Terramorphic Expanse in this set means that standard decks will be able to run, I guess, eight copies of this if they really want the extra landfall triggers. You know, that that's the... Aside from it being like a color-fixing thing, which is why they put it in in the first place, um, if you're doing any kind of effect that says whenever a land enters, do thing... Um, cards like this activate it twice because it enters a land you know you, you play terramorphic expanse you have a land enter and then you sacrifice it you get another land that comes in and now you've had another land enter so doubles up your landfall triggers um let's see oh hell wow okay i've been this pre-release pack has been spicy um i got the other full art swamp and Solfium Mayhem Dominus. This is the new... It's a Phyrexian horror, but it's it's like... The Dominus is like their god cycle for this. But, um, it's a So basically, it's a red creature that makes it so... If a source I control would deal non-combat damage to an opponent or a permanent opponent controls, it deals double that damage. So if I'm playing any kind of like effect that... Um, Ping someone and that's not just combat. I get to double that. Um, I can definitely find a place for this card. Like that, that's a really cool mythic. Uh, yeah, we're at forty something minutes now. Oh, crawling chorus. Oh boy, this stupid fucker. Um, yeah, I, I'm. If this is the episode that gets posted, I'm probably gonna make this thing be the title card, because it's just so silly looking. It's, um, it's like a pyramid with these, like, fleshy, like, I mean, it, it, I, I don't even know, it's not really fleshy, it's a, it's got these four hands coming out of it that look like they're made out of ground beef, and then it's just got a bunch of face masks all plastered onto its big triangle ground beef body. Um, it's just so stupid looking, but it's funny. Um, okay, let's see, what else in this pack? Well, that's not bad. Okay, another Full Art Land, I'm, I wonder, is it always Full Art Lands? Because I've just been getting Full Art Lands. Um, maybe it is. If it is, that's pretty cool. I guess that would explain why there's two different Full Arts. If you usually get the regular one and sometimes get the Heavy Metal one. And maybe the other Basic Lands are just the ones that only show up in the Precon decks. Um, 
Now my rarest monument to perfection, which is two mana artifact, pay three tap, search your library for a basic sphere or locust card. Reveal it, put it in your hand, then shuffle. Um, if I control nine basic spheres or locusts, I can pay three and turn this thing into a 9-9 Phyrexian artifact creature construct um, that is indestructible and toxic nine. Now, I gotta see what I have for... Uh, I don't have any Locust cards. Spheres are a thing from this set. They represent... So, New Phyrexia, the, the plane of this set, you know, former Meriden, is like a series of nested spheres. It's like the nine layers of hell, basically. But there, you know, like five of them are dedicated to the five different colors of Planeswalkers. There's the seed core at the heart where the, you know, world tree that they're growing is, and then there's the monumental facade, which is, so there's, the original surface layer is now called Mirex, and then there's another layer that the Phyrexians built on top of that, that is just a bunch of giant statues of their faces, because I guess they were just all feeling really artsy about taking over the plane. Um, so, and all of those are represented in land cards, they have the subtype sphere, which interact with this. Uh, we'll see if I want to run those in my Phyrexians deck or not. I don't know how good they are, really. Um, okay, last pack of this thing. Oh, what is this guy? Eh. Yeah, yeah th there's a new rat card, Chittering Skitterling. Um, I don't know if it's anything I'd want to run in my... Um, my rat's tribal deck. Okay, now that's a rare that I like. Um, Venerated Rot Priest. Single green mana, 1-2, Phyrexian Druid, Toxic, 1. Whenever a creature you control becomes the target of a spell, target opponent gets a poison counter. So, that seems like a quick way to murder people with poison. Um, okay, yeah, we're running a little low on time. Um, and I got the... I. I splurged a bit. I bought three collector packs. I shouldn't have done it, but I did. Uh, so let's see how much regret I will have over these. Um, and then if there's any time left, I guess I'll open some set boosters. Probably from the uh, bundle pack, which is it's a, like a, a fancy card box that um, includes eight packs and a special dice and a special promo card, which is another rat that uh, is actually probably better for my uh, rat tribal deck than this one. Um, okay, first pack. Uh, is this the ridiculous guy? No, this is... Oh, it's the Phyrexian Elephant Wizard. Um, in the weird, splotchy, black ink art, where I can't tell what it is. Uh, Phyrexian Obliterator, that's pretty cool. Um, looks like even the commons and uncommons are all the fancy version in this one. Um, okay, Full Art Ixel, that's cool. I don't have to pull her out of the precon to put in my Atraxa deck. Um, Norn's Wellspring seems decent. Nearing... Oh, okay, that's why they, they put all the foil commons and uncommons at the back of this one. Um, yeah, that pack was okay. Um, not crazy spicy, but it's okay. Uh, what do we got in the second one? Ooh, sweet. Uh, Foil Phyrexian Text Nahiri. I cannot read this, but it is a good card. Um, Foil Fancy Pants Foil Thrumming Bird. That's cool. Another Thrumming Bird. Okay, I see how it is. Um... Phyrexian Island. Uh, what does this guy do? Yeah, that one's okay. Um, yeah. I guess, I mean, I did get a foil Phyrexian text in there, so that's, that's pretty cool. Um, oh, I forgot to mention, actually. So the story of this set is, you know, it's years later. Um, they're, they're trying to... The, the group of planeswalkers known as the Gatewatch is trying to stop Phyrexia... Because Phyrexia has got this world tree and they're going to you know, send it out to start conquering all the other planes. Um, so they send a team of planeswalkers in to fight Phyrexia. 
and they're all immediately scattered when they get there because Phyrexia was ready for them. And uh, ten of them are represented in cards in this set. Five of them get captured and corrupted um, by Phyrexia. Um, so it's yeah, the story of everything going wrong in uh, this. Okay, this last pack. It's not mind blowing, but it is pretty cool. Uh, got all will be one, the title card of the set that for some reason is in red. So even though it shows Elishnorn using Nissa, who are a white character and a green character, uh, it's a red card. But it is a pretty cool card. Um, the Seed Core, that's cool. Want that one? Uh, Lux Artillery, that one seems decent. New Koth, uh, yep, I do like that. Uh, another venerated rot priest. Well, I probably shouldn't have bought. I, I actually ended up buying one as a single uh, at the shop. Whatever. I guess I'm supporting my local business um, because now I got three of them. So ah well. Um, okay. Well, collector packs. Yeah, I mean, for what they cost, they weren't that great. Um, but that um, that pre-release kit was pretty awesome. Um, okay, on to the set packs from this bundle. Um, I think this will probably be the last thing I do for this episode. I'll open the rest of the packs myself. Uh, I don't think it'll be as interesting to hear me talk about all 30 packs of the set box. We'll just talk about these packs of this bundle that I got. Oh, that dice is pretty. Uh, it's, uh, so the, the bundle packs come with a thing they call a spin-down life counter. It's a d20, but all the numbers are arranged in order so that you start at, you know, if you're playing 20 life, you start at 20 and then you can tick it one to the side every time. Um, the one for this box, because it's Elishnorn, is like a porcelain white kind of semi-translucent with red printing on the numbers, so that's cool. Um, hey, there's the basic lands that don't have any fanciness to them. Um, but I guess knowing that every pack is going to have a full art land makes me a little more interested in getting packs for this set, because uh, I'll be able to, you know, more easily make an entire deck have this style of land. Um, you know, because I can only I can get you know, one from every pack. Um, okay, set booster number one. Foil, Fraxian Mountain, cool, 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 cool. Um, okay, yeah, I got new Glissa. That's cool. I don't like the art on the new Glissa. I I I like Glissa a lot. She's super cool. She's got um. Uh, First Strike Death Touch, which is a thing that her other version had. Um, and that is, it's a really fun interaction when you get those two abilities going. Because um, that means, First Strike means that you deal damage before the other creature deals damage to you, unless it also has First Strike. Um, death Touch means any amount of damage kills. So if you have First Strike Death Touch, you go into combat against a thing. And then you just like slap it across the face and kill it before it can land a hit. It's it's great. Um, so yeah, new Glissa, that's cool. I wish the art was not so ugly. Um, okay, pack number two. Uh, for Xen Text Island. Uh, yeah, yeah, that pack was kind of boring. We'll see if I get any list cards out of this, too, because these are the packs that would have those. Um, I, speaking of, I think we got one right here. Uh, we do, and it's a boring one. Priest of Gix. Um, costs two and a black. When he enters, add triple black. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, there's probably some shenanigans you can get up to with that, I guess. He basically pays for himself when he comes in. Um... Foiland. Uh, hey, it's the other version of the elephant priest. Uh, well, at least it looks more like an elephant. 
but he can't go in my elephant's deck because he's white-blue and my elephant deck is white-green. So that's sad. Uh, planes? Cool. Um, what is it? Another venerated rat beast. Wow. Yeah, I really shouldn't have paid for the one that I bought, but oh well. Um, okay. This is the blue Dominus. Uh, flying, if you would proliferate, proliferate twice. Okay, yep, that that is going straight in the Traxa. That really belongs there. That is real good. Um, what we got? Ooh. So, another thing these set boosters have is um, an art card, which is basically worthless. But um, it is just, you know, artwork from the set, but they make it the... The entire card is just the art. And sometimes you get a gold stamp signature. So I got the gold stamp signature Elish Norn. So that's cool. Hopefully I get a real Elish Norn in uh, one of these packs. Because that card is its so expensive. Um, oh boy, another Rot Priest. Uh, let's count the Rot Priests. I think, is that five or six of them now? Um, yeah, no. Elish Norn is a very expensive card in this set. And I would like one. But, I mean, as the new Praetors go, I, I like the art on her, but her ability just isn't the kind of thing I really do a lot of. It, it doubles your ETB triggers, um, which, you know, I have decks that could use that, but uh, I don't remember what this is. Rhea Ivor. Yeah, I don't remember what it does, and I'll read it later. Um, ooh, okay. My uh, list card, Prosh, is a mythic rare, uh, classic commander card. When he, you cast him, you make X01 kobolds, um, where that's the amount of mana you spent on him, and then you can sack creatures to give him plus one plus oh. So he's just like a 5-5 five, five dragon, and you feed him, and he gets bigger, and, um, yeah. No, classic card. Um, this pack is extremely red. Uh, and the rare is the land. It's a black-red land. Yeah, that's okay. Um, like I said, these lands are a little boring. Um, for me, for the kind of things I play. Um, okay, last pack. Foil Mountain. Filigree Silex. Okay, so... Yeah, so, okay, so the Silex, like I said, was a thing that Urza used to uh, destroy an island, and it, also, it did other stuff, but um, it was, you know, to stop uh, his brother at the end of the Brothers War, and um, Karn, in the present day, had found what he believed to be that Silex, whether it actually was or not, Maybe, maybe not. Um, he, he found that Silex. Um, was planning to use it against Fraxia, but at the end of the Dominator United story, Johnny turned out to be um, a Fraxian sleeper agent, and he destroyed that Silex. Um, but, uh, the, so Teferi, when he went back in time to see the Brothers War, was mainly trying to find out how to operate the Silex, because there was enough documentation of what the Silex looked like and how it worked, I guess, for um, Sahili, another planeswalker, to make her own copy of it, and that is the Silex that appears in this set. So for the last three sets, we've gotten a different Silex every set. There was Karn Silex, was like the modern day version of the Golgothian original Silex. And then in Brothers War, there was Urza's Silex, which was another Silex. You know, each one has different abilities. And now there's this new one, the Filigree Silex, which is Sahili's copy Silex that uh, Jace tried to use to blow up Fraxia. But by that point, Frexy had already connected to the other planes, and so the other planeswalkers were like, oh no, you can't do this, it's gonna blow up everybody. So Elspeth stabbed Jace in the chest and took the Silex off to who knows where. Uh, we'll find out in the next set, I guess, whether she exploded or not. Um, it seems like she exploded. 
but maybe not because it happened off screen so who knows um yeah so uh hopefully that was all interesting enough for everybody uh see you next time stay funky if this is the episode you listen to Hi. that's the worst way to end a podcast <laughs>